Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops with Vlad Moldovano. Explore our other team-focused NBA podcasts, including Cavalier Central, Knock If You Buck, Risen Grind, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers Blazing the Path, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network as well, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Moto City Hoops Podcast. This is episode two, and uh, starting from today, I will be joined by Bryce Simon, my co-host, ex-Division One player and coach. He's also my ex-teammate and my ex-coach. Today we have two important guests on the list, Elliot DeWitt, who is part of the Pistons video room, and he will tell us his thoughts on the rookies, free agency, and Sekou. Then Shayla Wall, a 10-year pro and also Olympian with Team Nigeria and currently head girls varsity basketball coach at Renaissance High School, will tell us his thoughts on, on the draft and also tell us a little bit about his team at Renaissance because he's had a chance to win a state title last year, season got stopped, and also this year things are up in the air. But first of all, Bryce... Welcome to the show, uh, my new co-host, my friend. Uh, guys, please welcome Bryce here. How are you, Bryce? I'm good, Vlad. I, uh, I'm pumped about this. Um, I'm excited. We talked about this a few months ago and, uh, you know, a, a week or two ago when, when you brought it up and we started talking about the possibility, I got pretty excited. So I've, I've tried to dive into Detroit Pistons basketball every day since. So. Yeah, we exchanged a lot of texts back and forth, so... Uh... Well, uh, you guys will see a lot of uh, a lot of details. We, we we like to pay attention to details. You know, uh, Bryce and I, like I said, we played together. He also uh, coached me in college at American University, and uh, we're also very good friends. So, Bryce, first thing, what are your thoughts on uh, on this Detroit Pistons roster? Yeah, so I, I, like I said, I dove right into this. Um, I like what they did in the draft. You know, uh, the more and more I read about Killian Hayes. Um, and the videos I watch um, sounds like a really good player with with a high upside, um, and so so that's an exciting pick. Sadiq Bay was a, a very productive college player. Villanova. I know you're a huge Jay Wright fan. Um, <laughs> yes, I actually, sir. <laughs> I actually played against Jay Wright. A Jay Wright team ended my college career, so uh, I'm not quite <laughs> as big of a fan. But no, no J- Jay Wright seems like a great great dude and a great coach. Obviously. And I'm intrigued by Isaiah Stewart. Um, he seems to think he was undervalued because Washington didn't have a great year. Um, I love some of his quotes about how people would have ducked him at the combine uh, because he would have exposed them. Um, so I think it's a unique, it's an interesting roster though, Vlad. Uh, I'm interested to see how it will morph and change as we go throughout the year. Because I think we both believe that some of these guys are eventually going to be gone over the next couple months. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Troy Weavers, first of all. I've sat on the first podcast, too. 
And um, to those that didn't listen, you know, David Aldridge too, he said he came in and he just blew the roster, this yes. roster up. Yes. Because not many people know, but this I feel like this team has been stuck in I'm sure. not rebuilding, I'm rebuilding, I'm okay, I'm not okay, I'm decent. And it's, it's now, I don't think it's what anybody wants. No yes. matter what, who your team is, I mean, you want to be a contender, you want to be right there up in the, you know, in the conference finals, or you want to rebuild. I mean, look at Philadelphia. It took them so long to, to rebuild, and they're still yes. not there in some way. In some ways, and I feel like we're we're stuck. So we Weaver came in, and some moves I didn't understand in the beginning, but now they make more sense. And um, I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll get talk about Blake Griffin and his role on this team. I think that's that's a huge question for us. Yes, absolutely. Also, Derrick Rose. But judging by what Casey said on media day, and he sees Derrick Rose as the backup point guard, I wonder if they're going to keep him right now and be that uh, be that backup point guard for Killian Hayes, or are they going to look to get something out of his expiring contract? That's that's going to be inter- that's going to be interesting to to see. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think what I would personally like to see is I think some of these vet guys that maybe aren't in the long term plans. I could see them getting minutes early in the year to help the young guys grow, you know, training camp short, short off season, all that stuff, and hope they have good seasons. Like we want Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin to have a great start to the year because then we're going to get more in return whenever we trade them. Like that's my opinion. I think that's what we want is those guys to have good starts to the season so they're more valuable whenever a contender wants Derrick Rose to be their third guard or Blake Griffin to be their third big or whatever it is. Um, but those guys aren't in the long-term future, in, in my opinion. So um, it, it, it it's exciting. And I think you're right. You made a good point. Nobody wants to be in purgatory in professional sports in that fighting for the 8-9 seed to make the playoffs. And then your 8 seed first round exit or you just make the playoffs and you're at the end of the lottery – like you might as well strip it down and go for broke and maybe have a couple tough years and hope you hit big with Killian Hayes or next year in the draft or something like that. Well, now with the new lottery, I feel like Troy Weaver wants to be in the lottery, but there's also a chance to be like in the playoffs maybe just to That's get his true. guys experience. That's a great point, Vlad. So with the, with, with, the, with, the new, with the new rules, I really feel like, Weaver has a hope of making the playoffs or being sure. right there and not being just at the bottom of the league tanking. It's 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 what the Wayne Ellington, DeLon Wright, uh, signing Mason Plumlee. That's what you know. Signed Jeremy Grant for three years and sixty million. I feel like those those type of moves that I see as okay. We don't want to just tank. You know, yes. we don't want to be bad and put out you know a lineup with you know Hayes, Zv, and uh, you know Sadiq Bay. You know, Seku and uh, Isaiah Stewart, you know, just a bunch of rookies and let's go play and we're going to lose a lot of games and, uh, <laughs> oh, we'll be there. You know, we'll be because you never know. You're in the mix right now in the lottery and there's a chance. So I think he still wants to compete at, at a decent level knowing that, you know, the lottery odds changed. Yes. Yes. But that, that's a, that's a great keep, point. That's a great point, Vlad. That, that I think that's something people have to remember is that lottery rules have changed. So tanking isn't it's discouraged a lot more than it was during, say, the the seventy sixers rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. But now, um, now that we want to get to the depth chart of of 
this team and one talk about who do we think is going to start, you know, in minutes and stuff like that. First of all, let's listen to Shane Lawal, former Olympian and uh, current coach. Let's listen to what he had to say about the draft, Killian Hayes, and uh, his expectations for this Pistons team. Shane, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Motor City Hoops podcast. Uh, it's my great pleasure uh, to to have you on here and talk about the Pistons and about your program at Renaissance High School. Shane, uh, what what do you think about the new look Pistons? Man, the Pistons, man, I actually is weird, man. I like I like the team. I think that um, I think that at first I didn't like the draft pick because I wanted to get um, Ob Toppin. You know, because I think he's a dynamic kid that you just carries a franchise for years on end. But once you kind of seen the other picks that they made and, you know, the the free agent signing and things like that, I wasn't as mad at it. I was actually like, okay, this isn't bad. You know, I think Seiko Dumbaya, I guess they have that much faith in them as far as his growth to say, hey, we don't fully need Obi Toppin from that standpoint but at the same time man you know it's just it's tough man because you when you when you've been there before as a Pistons fan and you have a situation to take the most dynamic player in the draft I feel like you gotta take the most dynamic player in the draft I don't think you you worry so much about drafting for potential or drafting for need or drafting for um, skill no if you got if that if you have the shiniest the shiniest marble in the box, you take the shiniest marble in the box. Because the last, every time you don't take the shiniest marble in the box, we kind of regret it. But I, I do like, you know, I do like that pick from the standpoint of um, you need a PG that knows how to run the high pick and roll system to really dominate the league right now. So from that standpoint, I do get it. I, I, I think it wasn't a, um, a bad pick at all. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, um, I love the length and athleticism of this Pistons team. It reminds me a lot of um, what Casey's trying to do with the Raptors in the beginning. And um, I know they're somewhat comparing Seku to um, to Siakam, and they hope that's going to be the, the path for Seku. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be down the road. I love Sadiq Bey. I love Nova. And um, I think he can be the multidimensional scorer, like Chris Middleton type player. Uh, as far as Hayes go, I think they want defense first. To me, that's that's really what the Pistons look like to me. This this uh, off season was defense first. You know, let's bring the hard nose defensive style, the grit and grind back. And on the offense, you know, I think they rely to they're gonna look at Hayes a lot to create, like you said, at, at the top pick and roll, and hope Hayes can adjust and grow fast. I don't know. That that remains to be seen. I, I do like the kid. I think he has a lot of talent. I don't think he's Luka Doncic level. And I hope that's not the expectations for him because he's a little bit different. You know, he's, you know everybody's going to expect it because they've seen that, uh, you know, oh, you know, another kid come from Europe and he might be that. I think Luka Doncic is very rare. As you know, you played against him and it's very rare to find something like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I like the way they're building this. I think it looks like the Pistons finally have some, uh, you know, some goals, some uh, some way to rebuild and like a plan. It looks like they have a plan this time. Hayes been killing Hayes with a six five, and the thing you know about anybody that's coming from Europe is that we we have to learn pick and roll defense. 
you know, you have to learn how to how to handle the pick and roll defense so you won't survive on any in any first league level, no matter the talent level, you won't survive defensively, you know, unless you're just that much of a special offensive talent. So, but, you know, so they got a lot of length all across the board. And I feel like, you know, even some of their lesser athletic players like Sadiq Bey, you know, are guys that are actually really good athletes. You know, I, um, after I saw them draft Isaiah Stewart, I kind of watched a little bit of film on him. And he seems very mobile and um, athletic, not extremely athletic, but athletic enough. What do you think of him? Because I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch him in college. What do you think of Isaiah Stewart? Honestly, I like him a lot. And I was looking at his shooting form, too, because, um, you know, you need shooting nowadays. And I saw he shot 77%. And the way he shoots the ball, honestly, I think he can develop into a little bit of a stretch five, too. He has a really nice looking form. He's very, very strong. Um, I don't I don't think he's going to be as quick as someone's out of, you know, three, fours. But I think he can be, you know, at a five. He's going to be able to switch eventually. And uh, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I think that's what I love about him. You know, it's um, and I think he said it too. In a, in a, in a, there was a quote in which he said, you know, a lot of guys ran away from workouts and they got lucky they were in the workouts because they're not better than me. And I was going to go prove it. And knowing Weaver, I don't know if you're familiar, but like Weaver, he coached at Syracuse with um, Coach Hopkins, who's um, he was Stewart's head coach. And I think he got a lot of insight from him because, to me, that's like a great pick. Um, obviously, a lot of people were surprised by it, but to me, I like it. You know, I really like the, the, the those three first round picks. I really like. And I, I really like Saban Lee too. I think at the he's crazy athletic at the point guard and he defends really well. He's six two. Uh, we'll see. He's on a two way right now. But Shane, now I know for you, uh, it, it must be a tough time. Uh, you know, uh, in the spring, you were close uh, to win a state championship as a, as a first-year head coach, and now um, your season is up in uh, up in the air a little bit. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, and uh, what are your thoughts on uh, you know one on your team? As, as you told me earlier, you know you you lose you lost only one player, so uh, it, it seems like you're the favorite to win the state title again. But what are your thoughts on your team, and you know? How is this affecting you as a coach, uh, your coaching staff, and also the kids? You know, how, how is it affecting everybody? Because I cannot imagine this being, uh, you know, being easy. I was a little bit devastated actually having a lot of uh, friends that coach in in Michigan and, and know how hard they took it. Yeah, um, yeah. We had um, last year. My starting five was uh, four, four juniors and a sophomore. And I had, um, you know, I had a junior coming off the bench. I had two juniors coming off the bench. And that was pretty much it in the sense of my my rotation. So I, I had a six, seven-man rotation, and I tried to stretch it out a little bit. But it was really just six or seven. Um, coming back, um, I have I have eight seniors that are returning. So all four of my, my whole starting f- uh, five, except for the sophomore, all returning the sophomore transfer to South Lion East, uh, Taylor Anderson, dynamic athlete, really, really talented kid. But, you know, um, circumstances uh, needed her to move closer to home as far as school, which is, you know, it is it is what it is. We're, we're, we're going to miss her, but we're going to try our best to replace her. And um, I think that last year, as we were getting rolling, we just beat Mercy and we had Marion coming up, which was um, very similar to Mercy in, in their style. 
And we thought we, you know, we respectfully thought we were going to handle them, you know, kind of like we, like we handled Mercy. We thought that Mercy, the Marion game would be similar to the Mercy game as far as speeding the game up and kind of getting them uncomfortable. We had scrimmaged them earlier in the year and without two of our starters and they didn't they didn't do so well against us. So we were we thought we were about to be in the state quarterfinals and then our quarterfinal opponent was you know, would have lost to Mercy and Marion by double digits. So we felt like we were at Breslin, you know, and, and you know, just from kind of watching the state and seeing everybody um, to see in the state, we knew that whatever other teams that were going to be in that Final Four, whether it was East Grand Rapids, East Lansing, Heartland, and teams like this, we felt like we were, we were the best team that could be in that Final Four, you know, and – you know, let's say for some random reason we weren't the best team last year. We're definitely the best team this year because, you know, again, we brought back every single starter except for Taylor and our entire bench, eight seniors, hot pick, you know, had two freshmen, two freshmen that are extremely talented, you know, D1 caliber kids, a point guard and a, and a two, three, a long two, three shooter. Um, we, we got better as a shooting team because both kids that came in can shoot the ball. The kids that were already here are shooting the ball better than they did last year. We're a great passing team. I think that's something that we have over everybody else in the state. We move the ball. And Vlad, you know me. You know where we. You know where our background is. <laughs> you know how the, the game is played overseas. We're, we're hot potato people. So that ball moves hot potato. You know, um, we run a, a set. We run a Italian style offense where it's a drag ball screen it kind of goes into a reversal you know with a lot of cutting and moving and giving kids the freedom to kind of attack in different places and you know um unlike last year where we felt like we were six maybe seven kids deep this year i feel like eight nine ten deep and, and the issue is i'm trying to figure out who's going to be number 11 number 12 on the depth chart man I, you know, I got 12 kids on varsity and i feel like Ten of them, you know, can play college basketball. You know, <laughs> so I mean, different, different, different levels. But I think ten of them can play college ball. You know, I think eight of them are D one caliber kids. You know, and we have so much veteran experience. You know, I'm starting five seniors this year, which I don't think anybody else in the state is probably doing that. Anybody that's worth, you know, mentioning. So I think you know, defensively, we get better because. Um, my my best defender and my you know one of my most versatile kids she's no longer at the rim you know she kind of was the big for us last year when she when she had no business being a big she was just the biggest kid on the floor but now that um one of the kids that didn't we didn't fully we weren't fully able to use last year we can use her more this year she's going to start at the five which allows for Shannon Wheeler um kid going to Dayton which allows for her to play away from the basket, which just turns, you know how that one lineup change turns your team from a certain level of great to a different level of elite. You know, just that one tweak, it just fixes, yep. it, it realigns everything else. It's like, for instance, let's say you, Vlad, you have to play the five because you're the biggest guy on the court. So, you know, even though you can post up and get a post bucket, you don't want to be down there all game. You know, so now all of a sudden, you know, let's say I add Shane LaWall to your team. Now you get to be the four and you let Shane do all the stuff around the rim. Boom. All of a sudden, 
that team goes from a decent offensive team to the best offensive team in the, in, in, in the country. You know what I mean? Like, because now you yeah, got to pick it. You can't bump. You can't bump off of Vlad's, mm-hmm. man. Because if when we pick and roll, if you bump from Vlad's guy, he's going to shoot 50-something from the three. You know, and if you don't bump from Vlad's guy, Shane's going to dunk on everybody. So just that little tw- just that little tweak completely changes. Not saying that um the tweak is a dunker, but <laughs> that little tweak <laughs> to your roster all of a sudden just makes everybody else better because they're playing in a more natural position. And so that's I think that's the part that a lot of people are not fully going to be able to account for until they see us. You know, because I'm telling people we're the best team in the state. And they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, okay. well, you'll see, because it's not just about who has the most players it's who has the right pieces. You know this, you know, so um, and just the first week of practice, just watching our energy, our chemistry, our uh, communication, our love for each other. Like they're genuinely sisters. You know, they they are now at a place last year. I couldn't get them to yell at each other. I couldn't get them to hold each other accountable. And now. You know, half the time I don't even have to coach. They they're coaching each other. They're in each other's faces, and then they're also bigging each other up. And they and they're real protective of their little sisters, man. Which is which means a lot to me because I don't feel like that group was like that last year, where they were extremely close off the court. Now nah, they're really close off the court. You know, if I call one of them, say, "Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm hanging out with such and such." I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." You know, you didn't really get that last year. You know, you didn't get where every time you caught one of them, you caught you caught three of them. You know, so that's a dope thing about it. But as far as just the effect of this pandemic, man, I think, um, you know, kind of you touched on it a little bit. But, you know, we have a lot of kids that are dealing with a lot already. It's a lot that they were already dealing with before COVID hit. And COVID is just like the pressure cooker. You know, now you have kids who are being forced to stay at home all day. You know, kids that are being forced to not get any type of exercise. That's stress relief. They're not getting that anymore. You know, and you took it away from them in March, rightfully so, because it was dangerous. You had to take it away from them. We weren't ready for anything like it. We didn't know how to live in it, which I feel like we do now. But you took away from them in March and it crushed them because, you know, as much as some people don't respect it, sports, sports is important. You know, and you had a bunch of kids who, you know, basketball for them was doing wonders on their life. And then you took that from them. And then now they got another chance to do something special. And you might take it away from them again. I, You know, it's hard for me. At some point, they tune me out. It's hard for me to keep them going and say, nah, you know, let's keep going. Because at some point, they'll say, what are we doing it for? You know, so right now, just hoping that this December 9th date is is true. They're not going to push it back any further. And I'm hoping that we get a chance to get on the court. And honestly, man, I feel bad for the people that have to play us, man, because my kids got a lot of pent up aggression. <laughs> you know? I love that. I love that uh, you've always been that competitive. So you know, I think uh, that's uh, that translates to your team. Man, and you, you, my uh, bad. I mean, you know, it's funny, Vlad. Man, sometimes, especially in girls basketball, I have to turn me down, and I keep trying to explain to people like, if you think I'm a problem now, you would have hated playing against me. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. Um, you know, I look I look forward to watching you coach one day. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate your input uh, on all of this. And definitely um, I want to, you know, I want us to keep in touch. And hopefully we're going to have you on the show in about three, four weeks. And uh, you guys have a plan. You start playing because, uh, you know, we want to keep promoting local high school basketball too. 
Um, you know, we love we love the Pistons. We love professional sports. Uh, but like you said, you know, all sports are are important, especially for these kids. You know, there it's it's crucial for them. Uh, one, it keeps them connected and it gives them a chance. You know, to just uh, you know to, to advance. Like you said, you have well, you said you have 10, 10 kids that can play college college basketball, and that says a lot. Yeah. So uh, you know we. We're going to stay connected, man. I hope we're going to have you on the show soon enough and uh, we'll talk about your games and not about, uh, you know, COVID and, um, you know, these issues. I hope they're going to figure out a way to to let you guys uh, play. Yep, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too, Shane. We'll, we'll stay in touch, man. Okay, bro. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, that was Shane with an interesting take right there. He preferred Abby Toppin over Killian Hayes. Bryce, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like uh, uh, Coach Lawal was very adamant. Um, he did not seem very uh, excited or intrigued by the Hayes pick. I know we're going to talk about Killian Hayes a lot today and throughout the entire season. Um, I-, I have a feeling how you feel about him. Uh, he did say he likes his pick and roll game, which is something people have continued to talk about. But uh, a lot of people really like Obi Toppin. Um, I saw him play a, a few different times. The athleticism is unreal. Um, I, I don't know that he's a for sure thing, though, either, to be honest with you. I don't know how you feel about Obi Toppin, but uh, I think he there's some skill level and some things there, too, that that will be we'll have to find out about. So um, I think it's everybody has their their preference. Um, and like I say, Coach Lawal obviously wanted Obi, but I think Killian was a was a great pick. Yeah, I think he has a point. It could be one of those, you know, studs, the best in the draft type thing. When when you look at it, he's he's been fabulous. Toppin has been fabulous in college. But I can also see what Weaver's trying to do with this roster right now. You know, it's a defensive minded first. He does want to build from the point guard position. I think that's why he drafted Hayes. He wants to build around the point guard position, around what you know, that topic and roll that, that, that Shane was talking about. So I, I get both sides. Honestly, I get both sides. And uh, to me, when we're going to talk about the draft and stuff like that, I, I'm a huge fan of Sadiq Bey, uh, more than anybody else in this roster. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon right now. Um, I see him as a multidimensional scorer, you know, that, that Chris, Chris Middleton type potential. And I think it's a steal uh, with, the, with this pick. But we'll, we'll get to that, too. But Bryce also, you know, Shane has been in a tough situation at Renaissance. He's had a fa- fabulous team last year. He was on the way to with a good chance to win the state championship. Now, this year, they, they've been delayed. Uh, like he said, the decision is going to be made on December 9th. 
Bryce, you're coaching high school too. How how is this affecting these kids? How is this affecting these coaches? What what can you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, so it's I, I, the the situations in Michigan and Kansas sound eerily similar. Um, our state tournaments got cut off after the first round um, last year, and and you could see the toll just on kids that didn't get a chance to finish off their careers. We may have had the best female player in the state. Uh, history, at least the second best, um, had never lost a game in high school, just started for Iowa State the other day, and she didn't get to finish off, uh, you know, the four for four, um, four state championships in four years because of this. Um, and our state just uh, last week, we had 5,000 people viewing, they were making decisions on when we would start the season, and they've made the decision that we will not have fans in the stands until at least February. We get to play, um, but we have no fans. Um, we've had kids in and out of quarantine. I'm in quarantine right now. I'm going to miss our team's first four games um, because my wife tested positive. Um, she's a nurse and, and and needed to get tested. So, I mean, it's just it's every day. You never know who you're going to have, and but they need it, man. Like you, you should have seen the toll it took on some of our kids having to be in quarantine for two weeks. Like you could just see the emotional toll it was taking on them and how excited they were to be back. They. Whether people want to agree with it or not, these kids, a lot of kids needs, need athletics. And so I think, you know, Coach LaWall talked about that, how important it is to those kids and how motivated and fired up they are to play. Yeah, and, you know, just knowing, knowing him and, uh, you know, his love for the game, his passion, his competitiveness, I, I can see how hard it has been for him also. And I really hope they're going to play. I really hope he gets a chance to, you know, to, to bring this renaissance team Right where he wants them, uh, them to be, and uh, hopefully, you know, those ten kids that can go to college, they all get scholarships and move on to play at different levels and uh, have more and more uh, opportunities in the future. But now, going back to the the, the Pistons, Bryce, let's let's go over this uh, this death chart. What do you okay. think about the point guard position? Who do you think is going to start? Who's going to be the backup? How how do you yeah, see the situation playing out? You know, I I really thought that that Derrick Rose would start at the point, but you know, from media day and stuff we've seen, it really sounds like Coach Casey is is planning on bringing him off the bench and maybe handing the keys of the car to Killian from day one, um, which I I don't know I, I I'm fine with that, uh, you know, put the kid in there, let him learn. He's play, been playing overseas, which usually those guys seem to be more ready. Um, again, I know we don't want to get into the Luca conversation um, <laughs> with Killian and those comparisons, but um, the nice thing with all three of these point guards, Killian, Rose, and Dillon, like they can all play off the ball as well, right? I mean, with the, so conceivably you could play both of them, you know, Killian and Rose together or Killian and Dillon right together. So um, I think having that freedom is really, really good. Yeah, and Coach Casey has been adamant about this, you know, in the past. Though he wants Rose coming off the bench, and uh, it's—I feel like he really likes Derrick Rose, if you ask me. And I think he really wants him for a longer period of time. If, if the more I think about it, as as his backup, as as Hayes backup, you know, I do expect him to be gone by trade trade line just because the asset of the expiring contract. But I can also see the, you know. The trend of having Darrell Rose as a backup point guard for Killian Hayes, you know, teaching him some of the things that he needs to be taught at this level. 
the problem with Rose is he's not he he doesn't really fit our timeline, right? I mean, I think we talked, you know, this this is a two or three years probably before we really compete. And by that time, Rose is going to be 35. But is he a bad guy to have in the meantime, like you said, to try to compete? Probably not. But if he's putting up good numbers with an expiring contract and you can flip him for I don't I don't I don't know what a here. trade market <laughs> would be. It so Yeah. No, I agree, at least for some picks. And I, I do see Killian Hayes. That's his position. Uh, that's his starting spot. And uh, to me, the interesting position right now that we have is the shooting guard position. Agreed, one hundred percent. That's the hardest. Uh, that's oh, that's you know. I, can I think see it's the weakest spot. Like, Ellington. It is. It is. I agree. I um, agree right there. I think it is. And and that's not a knock on any of these guys. Uh, I mean, for anybody listening, like it to be completely transparent. I'm a I'm a KU fan. Um, and, and so I've watched every college game Svi every, ever played. Um, but I don't know that he's a starting two man in the league at this point in his career. He shoots it well. Um, he's not a bad player, but that's probably, he's probably better as a rotational wing off the bench, you know? Yeah. And I expect Magruder to, uh, to get released at some point. And I expect to be Svi, Delaright and Wayne Ellington for the spots. I, I, you know, I understand the Wayne Ellington signing, you know, leadership, shooting. Uh, he played pretty good in the, in the last thing with Detroit. But I can also see the Lone Wright getting this. I know it's V's job to lose, but I can see the Lone Wright getting the, you know, getting the getting the nod over here because he has, you know, he, he played for Coach Casey in Toronto. He, he does have def- the defensive attitude that, you know, it seems that we're trying to build around. And it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think the first few days of training camp are going to inter- are going to be interesting in the feedback we get from them. But at the same time, it's a COVID year, so you never know what to expect. I think that's what fans fans kind of forget about that because rosters can change overnight, and they change for two three weeks at a time. It's it's not really one of those things where you know we're oh we're going to miss him for. A few, a few oh, days. Sure. It's, yeah. it's it's two weeks, then it's another whatever it needs to get back in shape. And a lot of teams are going to go through that right now because, as we saw in baseball, if you're not in a bubble, it's going to be very hard to deal with. So I do like having Zvi DeLon Wright and Wayne Ellington as shooting our position when, you know, you have three guys that can shoot the ball. You know, DeLon might be not the dead eye shooter, but he's a good shooter. I mean, he shot 37% from three last year, which is, you know, Pretty good. Okay, he's not Zvi or Wayne. That's that's for sure. And and there's length there too. I, I mean, as you go up and down this roster, um, we shouldn't be outsized, you know, by anybody. Like there's some rosters or some lineups that I went through that I'm like, man, this is a big lineup. Like some, if you play around with it. Um, so I want to I want to bring up this though. I, I said this earlier, and, and you 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 know more about Killian than me. Can Killian play off the ball? Like, is there a situation? Do you think there will be minutes with Derek at the at the one and Killian at the two, or Dylan at the one, Delon at the one, and Derek at the uh, Killian at the two? I think so. I think you lose a lot of shooting there. That's, okay. that's going to be the, yep. the the problem there. I can actually sh- see a lineup with Hayes, Josh Jackson, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and yeah. Sekou or Isaiah Stewart. I can see a huge lineup like that. Sure. Yeah. I do I like have that a lot of, 
I, I can see Hayes and DeLon Wright, of course, together. I, I, but I think Hayes is going to handle the ball. I don't think he's going to be off the ball a lot. I think they want him to get the reps in. You know, Casey said that in the media day. You know, they're going to throw him in the fire. And the expectations, I don't think they have expectations like Luka Doncic's expectations because that would be very unrealistic. It's it's a very different player. And they've played at different levels in Europe. And Luka was very, very successful in Europe at a young age. Uh, Killian has had a pretty big success in Europe, but I wouldn't say nowhere near what uh, Luca was doing. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Right now, in the small forward position, it just seems like we have a lot of guys. And we'll yep. move to that right now. And let's start with this. What do you think about Jeremy Grant signing? So, I mean, that th- this is the big one for me. And I, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Um, real quick before Jeremy, I think you make a good point about a COVID year. Because I almost feel like this team has too many guys for the rotation. I actually put that in my notes. But you make a great point with the COVID year that, that that's not a bad thing because guys will be in and out of the lineup. Um, Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, it's people don't like haven't liked our free agency. Um, I think it started there and then Plumlee. Um, I like Jeremy Grant if he's playing at the four. And I know we got to get to the Blake Griffin. Um, and, and, and you're right. While Blake Griffin is here, Blake Griffin's going to probably play the floor and, and Jeremy Grant at the, at the three. Um, I like Jeremy Grant. He had a great bubble. If he can continue to shoot it, shoot it at a high clip. Um, the, the big question is, is he, is his game going to expand the way, let's say this is a name we'll throw around a lot. Pascal Siakam's game expanded whenever he got the reins in Toronto. Like if that's who Jeremy Grant can become more of, then it's great. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah. But my question about Jeremy Grant is, you know, why he signed here? And to me, the, the answer that is pretty simple, if you look in between the lines, is he's going to have a big offensive role. Yes. Because the financially, the offers were similar. Denver was the better team. Yep. He played there already. So all signs were pointing towards Denver. And I think Coach Casey and Troy Weaver did with the pitch. They had to offer him a lot of freedom offensively, and maybe a lot of uh, you know more more ball handling at least. Yeah. More opportunities to play isolation. I, I really want to see what comes out of it. I really want to see if if uh, Jeremy is going to make that jump because defensively he has a huge potential. And I can see him in a in, a, in some comparison with that Kawhi Leonard, uh, keeping the proportions right. Uh, Kawhi was you know. He was an MVP before he got Toronto. And uh, I want to see if Jeremy can can make that jump. You know, I wonder if they saw some some of that in him. You sure. know, that potential to, you know, average 20 a game. I really wonder how that plays out. And uh, like you said, I, I do like Jeremy at the four too because that would give Sadiq Bay more minutes. Exactly. Uh, that would exactly. give Josh Jackson, you know, I think he got a full exception Today they announced that I think Josh signed a full exception for two years. So that will give Josh Jackson some more chances. Sure. Um, About Musa, like, I don't know. He's the most unconscious player that I've seen. And he seems irrationally confident, if you ask me. (laughs) Uh, Just watching him play. I mean, he looks crazy confident, but I'm like, uh. He looks like he's about to score 30, like, every game. And he's European. You know, I should just love all of them. But, uh. (laughs) Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And then uh, Leangelo Ball and Anthony Lamb, I think Anthony Lamb is, is a decent pickup for the Exhibit 10. Uh, Leangelo Ball, I don't really understand the signing. Yeah. If you ask me, but 
that that's just come out. I don't feel like either of us have really got a chance to to really look into that one as much. I did. I think I saw that the first report said that wasn't. It was a non guaranteeing contract, obviously. So, um, yeah, it might just be for training camp. Training might, camp might be body. for training camp. Yep. Yeah, and you know, it's the same thing that my question with like Servetis, and I know his shooting is there. You know, we drafted him last year, but yep. I don't see that playing a role in this roster either add three or four or you know just because of shooting his shooting is good the only you interesting the thing was good I, I was gonna say the only thing with Servetus and, and I, I love you know how I like shooters Vlad and I've watched the videos <laughs> on him and that that shot is pretty and it's a lefty shot so those are always prettier e- anyway um but that it's a three-year contract right like it's so it, it seems like maybe there's like it's more than just like it seemed like maybe there was some substance to it. I, I don't know. I, I know that he hasn't proven himself yet. Um, you know, you don't sound super high on him, um, but it sounds like maybe there's there's a chance for him somewhere on this roster, and, and maybe it's still down the road. So, no, I, I like him. I, I like this potential. He can really shoot the ball. My big concern right now is where is he on this roster because the G League is up in the air. Exactly. And yeah, sure. for guys like Anthony Lamb, for guys like Cervides, you know, this they need the G League right now. You know, like Seku was spending a lot of G League and a lot of time in the G League last year. So, you know, what's going to happen? But again, like we said earlier, with COVID, you never know the situation. And uh, maybe he'll step in, knock down some shots for us and, uh, and help us in, in, you know, some tough situations. Now let's get to the hot topic of the day, <laughs> the power forward position. And on, on my on my side, I, I got Blake Griffin starting. I sure. see Jeremy Grant um, as his backup every now and then. Sekou Dumbuya as another backup. And, you know, the other, I don't really know. And this is clearly Blake's job to lose. Absolutely. And he's, he's, he seems healthy. He seems in the right state of mind. He said all the right things at the media day. Yes, how he, he wants to help yes, he this did. guy. He wants to be a mentor. And so what are your thoughts about this? Because I feel like this is the Blake. We can't get the Blake from one year ago because a lot of people forget. This, this is the guy that averaged 20 plus, 7 plus rebounds, 5 plus assists, shooting 38% from three. That was one year ago. It wasn't a decade <laughs> ago. It was yeah. one year ago that Blake was this monster foreman that cannot be guarded because he can shoot – Outside threes, step back threes, and people kind of forgot that. Um, so, what what do you think about 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 Blake on this roster, and about him going forward with us? Yeah, uh, and, and the he can handle it too, actually. And you know, he he's a very skilled player. His athleticism is so ridiculous that I think some people he gets he doesn't get enough credit for how skilled of a basketball player he is. Um, he's obviously the best player on the team. Um, I don't think you can deny that. The question is, where does he fit in with the current state of the Pistons? Is he is he just holding back minutes from Jeremy Grant at the four, holding back minutes from Sekou? Um, you know, what is his long-term future as he gets up in age? He has a player option for next year, I believe. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. Like you said, he's obviously going to start at the four. He has to start at the four. I would love to see him play at the five, but then he's taking minutes away from Isaiah Stewart and some other guys we'll talk about there. So um, 
I still think we've talked a little bit about this. I still think he's eventually a, 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 a trade deadline, you know, young prospect to draft picks. Um, but you can win some games with Blake Griffin as your best player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to win some games. I do love him at the five, like you said earlier. Actually, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because you put him at a five, you go with Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, like Josh Jackson, Killing Hayes. That's a huge lineup. That's a great switch. lineup. It, it, that's my, that's my favorite lineup right there. It's. That's uh, Shaka Smart Havoc right there. <laughs> <laughs> With that lineup, we can uh, go pressure full court. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, no, but I do love you know a lot of athleticism. I think that's been the that's been the key for this roster. You know, it's been athleticism, length, and you know, trying to build around guys with the chip on their shoulder. And since we mentioned all this, I think this is a good time to to bring in Elliot, our second guest of the day. Elliot Dewitt is a Scout, he's part of the video room uh, with the Pistons. Uh, he's worked for Texas Tech before, and uh, we're glad to have Elliot in the show. So let's hear what Elliot has to say about this uh, this Pistons roster. Hello, Elliot, and uh, thank you for joining us on the Motor City Hoops uh, podcast. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Elliot, what are your thoughts on the, on the rookies that the Pistons just, uh, just drafted? Uh, I think it's, uh, they are really good picks. I think, uh, you know, uh, the Pistons got, you know, who they wanted as far as like, you know, player wise, position wise, and also people. Uh, I think they, they, you know, all, all these, uh, four guys, they're really, uh, you know, great character guys, great person, great, you know, great workers and really well educated guys. They're really respectful and, and really, uh, just really high, high potential. Uh, so I do believe that they, they you know, they're gonna, they're gonna have a, a role and they're gonna be really impactful, you know, moving forward for the Pistons. Absolutely, I agree. I love the picks too, and uh, I cannot agree more with you. And uh, thank you for the insight too into their character and uh, everything else. And now, since uh, we seem to have quite a few rookies and the roster changed, what do you think? Uh, how how important are the vets gonna be? Uh, we saw the the Ellington signing, which I think was was necessary to bring in some shooting and also some uh, some some veteran uh, leadership. So, how important are are the veteran players now with with such a younger roster? Well, I think I think it's a really good question. Um, I do believe that you know uh, veteran are really important, just as far as like you know the the leadership piece. Uh, and also just to, you know, uh, kind of like take the rookies under their wing and, and help them, you know, help them figure it out, you know, the NBA level, the, what they, you know, what is expected for them to do and to get done on a daily basis. Uh, I think the vet, you know, uh, uh, in, in D Rose and Blake Griffin and, and now with, uh, you know, the, the experience of, you know, like you just said, uh, all the little guys that we got on the trades and also, you know, with Pumley coming in and, and Jeremy Grant and all that, that that's you know some guys that, that have a few years under their you know under under them their, their belt so that's definitely going to be helpful for the for the rookies that definitely going to be helpful for the locker room and also on the court as far as having a you know a, a lot of experience and, and and good voices that we can uh, you know all, all all learn learn from absolutely i thought the the Ellington sign was just that uh he's been a great great uh business addition uh, if you ask me uh in the past and he's played well for us in the past, and I hope he he will do the same this time. And uh, I, I like the core group. I, I really like the, the core group, and I think what I really like is 
as we can see, Troy Weaver and Wayne Casey really looked at length, length and athleticism, if you ask me. Uh, this team is a team that looks awfully similar to the Raptors that Coach Casey was building. Uh, when you look at Grant and when you look at Sadiq Bey, those are two guys that can guard multiple positions. Uh, very, you know, I, I look at Stewart. He can, he can be that guy too, and uh, Sekou can do that. I, I really love the, the length and athleticism of this of this Pistons team. You know, so what are your thoughts? Because we haven't seen that. I think uh, in Detroit we haven't seen that for a long time. A team this athletic, uh, especially like Killian Hayes at the point guard. You know, six five with a six eight wingspan. So. What do you think about the length and athleticism of, the, of this team? I think I think uh, I think you point out a really good point. I think that was uh, that was one of the goals for Troy Weaver and Coach Casey to uh, you know to bring in and and sign all these guys that you know that have a, a huge heart as far as like you know playing playing with a chip on their shoulder and and being able to you know sit down and guard and you know obviously they all have their own uh, you know abilities to play and guard a certain position like you mentioned. Uh, obviously, from from the guard, the point guard position, all the way down to the to to all the bigs we have, it's it's really long, it's it's really big, it's really athletic, uh, which uh, which is I think the, you know the, the identity that that you know the, the Pistons really want to to get to you know and, and and having that chip on the shoulder and be able to really play hard and guard and block shots and be able to run and play fast and you know get get you know up and down the court, uh, you know as much as we. As much as we can, I believe so. So yeah, I, I do. I, I do uh, agree with uh, you know the 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 thing that you say as far as you know having now uh, set you know drafted Sadiq Bay uh, from a Villanova, uh, even Jeremy Grant, uh, Sekou uh, maybe you know with time as well uh, will be you know capable you know becoming kind of like you know Pascal Siakam as far as like being able to you know shoot, dribble, and pass, and also guard multiple position from you know from one all the way through the five, the five men sometimes, you know, like, like we've seen Pascal Siakam doing with the Raptors. So I, I do believe that, you know, Sadiq Bey and Jeremy Grant and Sekou have, you know, like, like you mentioned, a chance to, uh, you know, become and, 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 and just develop their own game into uh, the kind of players that, you know, Pascal Siakam, you know, has become. Absolutely. And exactly what I was thinking, actually, at the... Uh, uh, at Bay and Grant together, I was l- literally looking at uh, Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, and I was like, okay, uh, Kawhi is definitely a special player, but it took many years to get there. And uh, to me, exactly when we signed Jeremy, that was my idea. I was like, oh, what what if, you know, what if he has that jump that Kawhi had? Because we haven't had a chance to see Jeremy um, so involved offensively. So... Yeah, I think he he had he had a great season with uh, Denver this past year. He, he had really great playoffs as well in the bubble. So you know, hopefully he can just uh, you know keep working. You know, coming off that really really good, even great season he just had. You know, and then and then keep building from that from that point on. And and you know, uh, you know, hopefully uh, just you know take on the next step and having you know just a bigger role and. And helping more and more on the offensive end, and then and and also obviously having a big role in the defensive end as well. Absolutely, thank you so much for joining us, Elliot. I really appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to see this this new face of the Pistons. Thank you, thank you. Well, that was Elliot for you. Interesting take right there about Seku, Bryce. What do you what do you think, Seku and Siakam? Do you see that? Um. I don't know. I mean, I think if Pascal Siakam right now is everybody's comparison, you know, it seems like this always happens. Um, 
you know, because he took this big jump, the Raptors believed in him, took a chance. I don't think a lot of other people did. And then they proved to be right. Um, and so now I think everybody's comparison is, you know, is Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't know if Sekou is going to turn into that or not. Um, you know, he's young. He's a project, hasn't been playing for a lot of years. I saw some quotes from Media Day, either from him or Coach Casey or both, talking about how he didn't really understand uh, his conditioning last year and nutrition and stuff, and he's taken that more seriously. So I think we could see a big jump from Sekou. Again, the problem, Vlad, is where his minutes going to come from. You know, like there's just such a log jam. And I don't know, does he play? Can he play the three at all? Can he play the five at all? And still some minutes in either of those spots. I think he played five. I think he'll be able to to get there. It's you know, but if he plays second to five, then Isaiah Stewart is not going to get minutes exactly. Or you know, since we mentioned the five position, let's go there. You talk about Mason Plumlee, Isaiah Stewart, Seku, and Alcafor. The last one I was surprised by. I didn't expect that signing. Uh, Mason Plumlee, I see the sign. I, I was surprised by it, and then I looked into it. And it you like this signing? You like this signing a lot, I, right? Because of his game, I, how he I plays. I like Mason. Yes, I like Mason's. It's it's weird. I know a lot of people are against it. And why Mason? Why this money? Why for three years? It's to me, it's clear cut because of Hayes. Mm-hmm. They wanted to pair up Hayes in a topic and roll, side pick roll with a five man that's a good screener, that's experienced that can make plays off the short roll. And a lot of people forget that Mason Plumlee is in 96% now of short, short roll. So he's up there with all the good passers, the Jokic, the Giannis. He, he can make plays off the short roll. He's an above average passer. And he can finish. He has 1.34 uh, points per possession on pick and roll situation. That's top 10 in the league. Top 10 judging by uh, points per possession. Sure. So that says a lot about what Weaver tried to do, I think. that's You have to look at the positive side of things. Oh, why are you bringing him? Why are you bring the back? Or why from Denver? You know, him and Grant together, they had like a minus six uh, defensive rating. Okay, I, I, I get all that, and I, I see that too. But I think it was Mason Plumlee was signed for Hayes to, to set good screens on Hayes, to get Hayes out of trouble with a, with a short roll pass and get – Plumlee who can pass it to another shooter, to someone else that is not just the guy that can roll and he can throw lobs to. Sure. And I think that's what that's what we were was looking at with the Plumlee signing. What do you what do you think? Yeah, and and I think I, you know, it's easy just to read the articles and everybody thinks the Plumlee signing was bad. It's too much money. They could have kept Christian Wood. We could have kept Christian Wood instead. Um but Here's what I like, and, and I think you mentioned this whenever you were interviewing Coach, was uh, they have a plan. Like, we're not just bringing in guys to bring in guys. Like, there's a goal and a plan, and the plan is to make Killian Hayes the best you possibly can. So if Mason Plumlee's the better guy to make Killian Hayes, you know, uh, you know show off his skill set, then that was a good signing. You know, that was a good trade-off there. Um and, and some of the stats that you brought up seem to back that up, that he's a great pick and roll guy. He can finish, he can pass, and that's going to highlight the, the, the what Killian Hayes is really good at right now. Um, the guy I'm excited about, Vlad, is Isaiah Stewart. Um, and Me maybe, too. <laughs> I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm just like excited listening to him, but I love his attitude. Like 
you know, some guys don't, maybe, maybe that's off-putting to some people, him saying some of the things he said. I think it's great that he said, hey, it, some of these dudes were happy they didn't have to face me at, uh, at the pre-draft workouts because I would have exposed them. Like, you need that. We both played at a level high enough to understand how important confidence is. And so, um, you obviously a much higher level than me, but that that's huge. So if Isaiah, I was, he looks the part, he put up big numbers in college. His team wasn't very good. So he takes a knock for that. But, um, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, a great, great player, but I think he, he has a chance to really help this team out. Um, and he fits the timeline, obviously. So, yeah. And I, I like Stewart a lot too. I think he brings energy, defensive toughness. You know, that's the future trademark that Weaver, Weaver's trying to implement right now. It's clear. You know, it's going to be energy. It's going to be defensive mind and toughness. This, this is the stuff that Weaver and Casey have been all over this this whole summer. So off season. What I like about Stewart too is I think he can be a good shooter. I, yes. I've watched yes. some highlights. I like his form. I, I like his form. It's not your, you know... Typical big man, five men strong, and he can't shoot at all. I mean, he shot 77% from the free throw line. They're not great, but pretty good. There has to be some man. sort of translation between the two. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think he has a chance to develop, you know, a, a three-point shot where then he's going to become a whole different monster for us. I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in this three uh, draft picks. It's it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough year, especially sure. when, you, when you start one – Maybe two, but I think definitely Killian is going to start, and we'll see who, who the other guy is. Well, what do you see? You know, what do you see Okafor role on this team? That's that's what I keep trying to figure out. I don't know. You know, I, I watched a highlight video of him the other day. You couldn't even recognize him because he's grown his hair out so far, so much. I mean, <laughs> it took me a little while to figure out who it was, and he looked really good. You know, but you know, I'm 33 years old, and I can go shoot a bunch of wide open jumpers in the gym and look pretty decent. You know, so. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of hope, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, to me, I don't know. I, I see some people refer to it as a lottery. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. He's a lottery ticket. If he pans out, great. If he becomes part of the rotation, great. If he puts up, you know, some decent numbers and we can trade him for something, you know, great. Um, I don't see the downside of bringing him in um, as long as he's not taking minutes from Isaiah or Sekou possibly there. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't really see it. Uh, maybe just for what we talked earlier. Uh, maybe Troy Weaver's thinking ahead with this one. Hey, do we have COVID situations? You know, do we have stuff like that where you know your third, fourth string center can be an experienced one that can actually give you a lot, like you said, a lottery ticket, and not a bad strategy. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad strategy, you know, and. When you look at the, the money, it's, it's decent. The, the thing that kind of bothered me, and I have to say it, is that I do feel like we gave up Drummond for Plumlee and Okafor. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we dumped Drummond's salary, and I'm, I'm watching Drummond shooting threes and step back jump shots. <laughs> okay, like you said, it's in an empty gym without nobody defending him. But I love Drummond. I've been a big fan of Drummond. You know, um, he, he was a big part of, of, of the, the Pistons sure. last few years. And yeah. you get you, sometimes you get attached to players. And uh, that was me. And I was, all right, like, I, I like Drummond. And then it's like, ah, it's, <laughs> it's like, we gave him up for what? Yes. But I yeah. do understand. Like I said earlier, I understand the Plumlee signing, you know, and all this stuff. 
But now that we kind of established the, the death chart, what do you think about... We're going to go back to Blake. I think that's the biggest question mark right now. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on him? Like, can we move him? Should we move him? Should we wait maybe 20, 30 games? Yeah, I, I think we wait. I don't, I don't think you move him right away. And I guess that could backfire if he proves not to play well. But I think you give him minutes and I think you run the offense through him. The young guys need time to develop anyway. And I hope you tur- he, he you, I think you have to hope he averages 28-5, you know, and looks really good. And, and I don't know if we get into it today. We've, we've talked about some of the different options out there to flip him or him and Derrick Rose for. Um, and I think you have to let some of those things play out too. See what teams aren't going to be as good as they thought or what teams are going to be better than they thought. And some of those things will work themselves out. Um, I just think it's too early. You know, the guys that, you know, we're not we're not getting James Harden. We're not getting, you know, I don't think, I don't know that you would make a move for Russell Westbrook anyway. And so those guys that are kind of on the block right now, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't like the John Wall trade. I don't think that that's a good move um, personally. So I, I think just because of what's out there and the guys that are kind of quote unquote on the trading block right now, I think you let it play out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think you wait a little bit and uh, see. The only thing I'm worried about is what I, what I talked about earlier, you know, Griffin's last healthy year. You know, it was that year where it was like plus 20, 7.4 rebounds, I think 5.7 assists and like 37% from three. But he was handling the ball a lot. And I know Coach Casey last uh, last uh, yesterday, last night, he said, force feed the young players while competing. Yes. Yes, uh, I love that quote. quote. Yes. I love it, but that means Griffin's not handling the ball as much. So do we put him in a lot of spot-up situations? Sure. Okay, he's he's talented enough to to yeah, to showcase his skill set, but I wonder that if he's not producing at high level, sure. or what teams are expecting, you know, do we lose in that trade or do we kind of just first 15-20 games like okay, let's let's push Blake, you know, give him a lot of uh <laughs> A lot of options, and if it doesn't work out, you know, after 20 games, we're going to kind of just, okay, yeah. backpedal. And Let him have a high usage rate early yeah. in the year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, he, has and, no, he has no minutes, right? He yeah. has no minute restriction from what I read, too. So Yeah, and let Killian slowly work his way into it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that's not going to be the case. <laughs> I think <laughs> Killian's going to have the rock a lot. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be fun to see. Don't get me wrong. And I do like your point. I know you mentioned the notes that, you know, trading notes before the episode. And you said it's a team full of solid players. And, you know, how do we get a superstar? Who yes. Where is the superstar? That's a great point. But you know what that led me to? Toronto Raptors. It's it's what led me to Coach Casey's Toronto Raptors. The difference was Ka- Kawhi. Yeah. So that, that kind of gets me excited if you ask me. Sure. I'm like, okay, we have all these pieces, and as they get a little bit of experience, you know, can we pull off that big signing, that big trade where you get that game changer? Yeah, and and that's what it's going to have to happen, right? Like some of these guys are going to have to pan out. Um, Some of these draft picks, you're going to have to maybe have a guy play above himself a little bit to be able to flip. You know, like the the Raptors hit home with Fred Van Vliet, right? I mean – you know, nobody thought he was going to turn into what he turned into. So that's what that's what kill, that's what Sadiq needs to become, or Isaiah Stewart. You know, to make it more attractive for if we do have the assets, um, not to get into it too much, but you know, my worry, like our draft pick situation, isn't ideal, 
I would say for a team trying to rebuild, um, I mean, nobody's the Oklahoma City Thunder with the hole they have right now. <laughs> I mean, they have like five pick, first round picks every year for the next five a, years. It's insane. That was somebody's Sixers playbook right there. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's crazy? They did it without stinking for five years like the Sixers did. Like the Thunder were were a good team last year, you know, and have been not a great team, but a good team. And they were able to compile all these picks at one time. Like it's that they've done a great job down there, but you're right. The, the Raptors blueprint has to be the Pistons blueprint. And I think part of that's getting a little bit lucky or I don't want to know if you want to say lucky, but drafting well and these guys turning into really, really good prospects and players. Yeah. And that you mentioned, okay, see, I mean, throw weavers from, you know, yeah, yeah. From there. So yes, he's had exactly. a big, you know, he's here. He so I'm happy with that. He's had a big part in that. Yes. Okay, maybe not in the revamping of the current roster, like the last, uh, the last few moves, but he's had you know his hand was, in that. Yes. And I think we we should be excited. I think he has a good idea of, of what this team needs and the identity he needs, and that's what I'm excited. That I'm the most excited about. And uh, you know, if, I really would love to get a good shooting guard, a superstar to yes. be a shooting guard. That's who we have to go get. That, that's that's why I keep looking at the notes, and I'm like McCollum, Milton, Levert, <laughs> Oladipo. And uh, yeah, I was I was messing around with the trade finder the other day, and I was trying to like find how can we get Oladipo. You know, he's he's he has one year left on his contract, so yeah. is it that type of Kawhi situation where you know he'll help you a ton for one year? I I but love I, CJ I McCollum because he's a Patriot League guy, right? He's from Lehigh. <laughs> I, you played against him. I coached against him his freshman year at Lehigh. Like I I. I feel like the Blazers have to eventually blow this thing up if it doesn't work, right? Or not blow it up, but like at some point, the the Lillard-McCollum thing isn't going to take you where you want it to go. And so I guess I have this hope that maybe it's not looking great for them and they decide they're going to cut one loose. And it's probably going to be McCollum, not Lillard. And I don't know. that, that That's my guy that I keep coming back to is CJ McCollum. And I, I'm, I'm just Ooh. a fan of his as part I, of it. Oh, I, I would love it. I would love it. Uh, I'm a big fan of CJ's. And um, I can see that happening. Actually, I saw a tweet from McCollum yesterday. I, I believe it was yesterday. It was at the, yeah, December 1st. And he said something. Uh, I think he quoted a tweet in which the Blazers were not uh, were not in the playoffs next year. I think they did, nobody had him or whatever. Whoever, uh, whatever journalist posted that tweet, I forget. They didn't have Blazers in the first eight in the West. And he tagged Lillard. He's like, oh, you see this? <laughs> and it's interesting because uh, the Blazers do a fabulous job of building their roster. I feel like they're very deep. They have about two, two, you know, two good players at each position on their roster. But I can also see what you're saying. I, I can see that that you know those two can only read, you know, they can only take you as far as they can. And I don't see that being a championship. Yes, yes, I, I agree. And so I, I don't know what the Pistons have that would, would entice them. Um, but uh, like I say, I, I like that, the, the possibility of that. Awesome. Well, Bryce, this has been a, a good episode together. Um, I've had fun, man. This is exactly two. what I thought it would be. <laughs> awesome. I love it. This has been the episode two of Motor City Hoops. And uh, I look forward to getting back with you next week Bryce and uh, as we get closer uh, to the games we'll talk about a little pregame analysis of first games in New York 
and uh, we're also going to uh, keep an eye on uh, on training camp and see how that uh, situation develops. Sounds great. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.